Good morning. Welcome to Coffee to Colonel. Had a short break there because I was on vacation in Florida, but I tried to stay in touch with what was going on in the world. Now, today on Coffee to Colonel, we'll be talking about, uh, we'll touch on the Mueller investigation. We'll ta- touch on the Democratic Party apparently has officially shifted to being anti-Jewish. I, who knows why. Uh, the VA healthcare is proposing some new plans. And the Army plans on buying some updated artillery. Hey, big booms are always allowed. Rise and shine. I know it's uh, you know, still dark out there. And here it's a gloomy day. It's been raining a lot. You could swim in my backyard. But, hey, you know, we're still here at uh, Coffee the Colonel. You're more than welcome to join us and join us on this gloomy day. Uh, occasionally you hear me drink my coffee because... That's why it's called Coffee the Colonel. I'm going to have a cup of coffee while I'm sitting here. Now, I'm retired Lieutenant Colonel Bill Provitt. I'd like to welcome you to a brand new edition of Coffee the Colonel. The perimeter is uh, good. It's a bit underwater out there. <laughs> yes, it is. I was squish, squish, squish. I didn't wear those boots in the house. I left them outside. So the perimeter has not been breached. And if anyone was out there, they'd probably be up to their knees and stuck in the quagmire that's become the, the perimeter out there. So I haven't had to pop smoke. I keep the smoke handy in case I need to call for the whirly birds to come in and extract my sorry butt. We here at uh, Axiom News Network, the host of uh, Southwest Ohio Swimming, We've heard it both ways, the John Prophet Show, and of course, hey, yours truly, Call the Colonel. We will continue broadcasting the truth until we are overrun by the truth to nine progressive hordes out there, and they sure do not want the truth out there. I'm going to have my coffee with you, so good morning. Now, I'm going to give you a little bit of a story. We were, uh, it was early on, I was out with one uh, with an NCO, a sergeant, first class, uh, uh, billet, good guy. He had been a... Uh, in the Marines in Vietnam. He had been a Marine Corps drill instructor. He somewhere in there left the Marines, joined the Army, became a Marine, uh, an Army drill, drill sergeant. When I knew him, he was one of them. He was my senior drill sergeant for my Army Reserve drill, uh, OSIG unit, drill sergeant unit. Well, he decided, hey, sir, let's go out. We've got a Humvee here. Let's go see how this thing works. Well, wouldn't you know it, Humvees can get stuck in stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now, he had never driven one before. I had never driven one before. I was used to the old quarter ton and other variants of the uh, larger trucks that I had to had license for at one time or another, which are all gone now. Well, <laughs> we went out and we got that darn thing stuck in the middle of a big old mud puddle that was uh, over essentially an overflown creek. He thought it would go through there. I thought it would go through there because we'd heard all the hype about the things, you know. So that's the way it is. Yeah, but it didn't work so well. So <laughs> we sat there for a little while. Here comes a big, big truck. I think it was a deuce and a half or five, maybe even a five ton. They were kind enough to get us out and they laughed at us a little bit, which is fine. Hey, you know, you have to help someone out, which everybody helps everybody out in the army. I've helped people out with my, you know, we've had tracks get stuck when I was in Korea. One track will pull another track out. Yeah, that's the way it is. Now, I want to talk for brief, the, the, briefly here. The, uh, the John Prophet Show is going to elaborate on it quite a bit today. The Mueller investigation has come apparently concluded, and uh, the president's cleared. There's somewhere, I heard the estimate this morning on, on one of the morning shows, somewhere between $25 and $40 million was spent on this. Now, they were talking about how many people were indicted, but you have to look at that, that indictment. A good number of them are Russians who will never, ever face an American court. And the folks who were indicted on the American side were indicted for dumbass things like 
taxes, which, you know, hey, not that people should be cheating on their taxes, but who hasn't, I hope the IRS is not losing, who hasn't made a mistake, an honest mistake, I made a mistake once, it cost me $1,000 between interest and penalties, and it was an honest mistake, that's why I do not do my taxes myself anymore, but it's for stuff, it's white collar crime, and recently, they were, someone was bemoaning the fact that Manafort, I believe it is, was not going to be sentenced to 27 years. Well, there's a fellow here in our local area who's just come up for his first parole hearing. After 25 years, he wiped out his whole family. He killed his whole damn family and then went and held a school hostage. And uh, for some reason, he didn't kill anybody there. I guess he was just more pissed off at his family. Now, this man's up for parole, which means he could get out recently and fairly soon if the parole board approves it. Manafort was going to be sentenced to 27 years or 75 years or some stupid-ass number for a white-collar crime? Come on. Some of these things have to be modified to reflect the severity of the crime. Now, is it severe? Yes. But to spend more than half your life in prison, maybe? No, 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 it's not. That's bullshit. Basically, the president has been cleared. Now, what's going to happen now? And they, they were now the, Apparently, the Democrats saw this, this uh, coming because... You know, they were talking about having these hearings of their different hearings. They were all going to have these hearings and set up 30 or 40 or 50 different committees to go after stuff. Apparently, they saw the writing, you know, it was coming that nothing was going to happen to the president because he didn't do anything. Good God, you don't have to. If you don't like him, that doesn't mean he needs to be arrested or he's charged with something. It just means you don't like him. Suck it up. The elections come every four years. You get a chance in two years to replace him. This is ridiculous. Now, I'm going to move on. The plan the, the Army has a plan that would double artillery upgrades in the Army arsenal over the next five years. Now, I am uh, big on the Army maintaining its reach out and touch people equipment at long ranges. Now, a lot of the, some, a good bit of the fighting in both Afghanistan and Iraq and a few other places we've been to has been urban. Artillery is not very useful in urban environment. Now, if you ever watch them the uh, last minutes or last days of the fall of Berlin, the Russians made very good use of large artillery pieces to take out snipers. Now, when you're using several pieces to blow up a building, eh, but we don't try to do that. We try to make sure that things work well. Now, the Army's about a third of the way toward its goal of a to acquire an upgraded fleet of about 700 tracked mobile artillery cannons, but will nearly double that inventory over the next five years if the budget request is approved. More than six years ago, the Army began to upgrade the improve the M109A6, that's the Paladin, self-propelled 155 artillery cannon, which was fielded in 1994. It's still a good gun, but upgrades. Just like the uh, B-52, it's been around... Oh, my God. They're, they're actually projecting the thing to be almost 100 years old before they even consider a new aircraft. Now, that's not, that's not 100 years old yet, obviously. But it has. Uh, they're looking for uh, generations of grandfathers whose grandsons will pilot those B-52s. So there's nothing wrong with this gun. You can change and f- make it better because, you know, you can make it better from 1994 to now. Now, the, the Paladin self-propelled 155 artillery can, which was filled in 1994, but the, pr- the improvement began. They're able to put more than 200 of the weapons into the arsenal and more than 200 more on the way back over the next five years with an ultimate goal of having close to 700 Paladins in stock over the next decade. 
Now the Army's re- released the the, the, uh, the upgrade standards and, and uh, time frame. The program started with initial goals were 580 upgraded Paladins, but China and Russia has been modernizing its long-range fire capability. So that's pushed a number up more than 100 in recent years, which is good. I think we should have a nice amount of them. Now, these things are fairly good size. They are tracked, they, so they move on their own. But you can't, like, uh, just pick it up and move it. So we need to have those on both continents, on, on well, both continents that we might be involved in, or close to Asia, and then, of course, on the continent of, uh, of Europe. Now, the improvements will keep, uh, you know, the currently quarter-century-old mobile cannon blasting away until 2050. So they're planning on making it good till 2050. So that's good. Now, the first uh, last year's soldiers with the 1st Battalion, 5th Artillery Regiment, 1st Armored Brigade Combat Team, 1st Infantry Division out of Fort Riley, Kansas, uh, test-fired the first day of the, the brand-new M109A7. That's the upgrades. Um now, this, the, the Bone Crusher, I like that. That's the battery's nickname. Fired hundreds of artillery rounds each day for two straight weeks to test the durability, reliability, and ease of use of the system. Now, what you want to do is you want to fire the... You don't want to fire the guns till failure, but you want to know what failure could be, okay? Now, key upgrades are on the, on these, on the new gun is a visual display that has a 70-kilowatt, 600-volt onboard power system. Now, I like more precise weapons. We need to hit the, uh, I love when we put something through a window rather than taking out a whole city block. But a lot of these uh, technical things end up, uh, you have to make sure that they are impervious to rain, sand, dirt, privates, nothing against privates. But if it can be broken, you need what you need to do is give a, about 20 privates a thing for a week or two and see if, if they haven't broken it, it might do okay. Now, there's going to be a lot. It's going to allow for a four crew uh, of soldiers, driver, gunner, commander, and loader to operate the vehicle. And they say get the first round out in 60 seconds. Now it is self-propelled, so you don't have to unhook it from a trailer, put the, you know, pound it down into the ground. It should be good to go. Now, other than comfort and protection. The operationally significant upgrade comes in allowing the Paladin to shoot farther with more accurate and deadly rounds being deployed, tested, and fielded. Now, one such is the XM-1113, which could be available within you know, next two years, you know, they're saying. The extended range artillery round push fires to the 24-mile range, which is safer because you're farther away from the folks who might be shooting back at you, okay? So that is always a good thing. Uh, I like my artillery guys to be there and ready. I want them to be comfortable back there in the fire base. I want them to be dry because I was a grunt, so I want them to be able to do okay back behind me. Now, uh, let's move on to the VA because I like to keep folks informed about the VA. Okay, they're talking about saving. They're talking about saving billions of dollars. Talking about saving the individual veteran um, a lot of time and getting the individual veteran better health care. I am for that. As I can't explain how much I'm for that. Um, they're re-upping a series of reforms to the veteran's disability system. The estimate will cut down tens of thousands of unneeded medical exams and save billions of dollars. I don't know. Must, they must have been having the veterans come back in so often to conf- reconfirm their disability. Okay, I say once a person has been uh, identified as a disabled veteran, 
let it go. They're missing parts of their body. They are a disabled veteran. Um, hearing tests because of being around artillery or being, I've got a hearing loss, but it's not as dramatic as some, uh, not having earplugs in. And one thing I did find heartening in uh, some combat footage I saw, the, <laughs> the soldiers did take time to put their earplugs in. And that sounds silly to a veteran of World War II or Korea or even Vietnam. But, yeah, you want to be able to hear the day after you leave the Army also. Now, in last year's budget, the VA officials estimated the moves would cost about $80 million and spend extra spend, spending annually in nearly $1 billion over uh, a decade. Eh, that sounds fair. That's 10 times that roughly. So, um, of course, it's going to go up. They're estimating they've raised the estimate now from – you know, eighty million to two hundred and fifty million. I would like to have a uh, full accountability of that. Why did it jump that damn much? And from um, you know the the one billion to over to almost close to three billion. Eh, I want to know about that, but well, we'll see. I'll, I'll give it a fair shot. Okay. Now I don't visit the VA, so I don't have to. I don't know about it from first hand. I just hear about it uh, from. Um, you know, the news stories and veterans I know who piss and moan about how bad it was there. Now, many of the checkups and re-exams by the VA uh, and appointments duplicated in private sector medical evaluations will be eliminated, saving veterans time and the federal government money. VA estimates more than 180,000 unnecessary medical appointments were scheduled in 2016. Okay, people. That's a lot of time for veterans to be having to spend in line at the hospital. It's a lot of time that a primary, I assume, a physician has to spend with veterans if it's not necessary. And more than 210000 in 2017. You know, it's a, they say it's a small but significant portion of the department's workload. I don't know what else they're doing if they're not giving physicals. It sounds like all they're doing is doing physicals now. Now, the reform package also includes changing disability compensation benefits to remove annual income from the eligibility calculation. That should be the way it should be. It should have been that way the whole time. If you're a disabled veteran, I don't care if you are a Donald Trump, which he is not a veteran, but if you're a billionaire and you were dis- you were disabled through, the, um, through your time in the service, your current income should not. You overcame things if you have money, if you're making good money. You should still get the... Pension, if you were given a 50% disability, you should still get a 50% disability. It should not be reduced because you managed to make some money despite of a disability. Now, they're also trying to save, they're, they're using, if they eliminate that, they're also saying they're going to save the staff time in calculating the payouts on the new disability standard based on your income yeah 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 the va this helps the va stabilize calculation potentially automate payments allowing veterans get their payments faster is one of the things they're saying in this budget document now that i would like to try to get the whole budget document many checkups re-examinations va appointments are duplicating private sector medical evaluations and they would be eliminated okay i like that now they're also trying to do some more um Controversial cost-saving plans by rounding down the veterans. I don't care about rounding down the veterans' cost of living payments to the nearest dollar. A plan that has sparked. Uh, I'm against that, and the veterans' groups were against that also. Whether the controversy surrounding the plan and proposed reforms to focus on congressional debate in the coming months. Now, I would like to see bipartisan support on this, because why? Why would Democrats, I'm going to pick on the Democrats right here since they are so anti-everything. 
Why are they so against helping people? They want to help themselves a lot. Hmm? They should be helping the veteran. Okay. Now, I'm going to move on. There's been a, a, a several weeks ago, the there was an attempt to pass a, uh, a, 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 a basically a official proclamation in the House saying, in Congress in general, I think, saying that anti-Semitic comments, anti-Semitic attitudes, things like that, are not acceptable. It came because some of their own, the Democratic Party's people were coming out as being anti-Semitic. They were anti-Semitic verbally. They were anti, uh, in tweets, they were anti-Semitic in the people they support who were basically terrorists. Oman, yeah, I might mention her. Um, but now it appears that everyone has gotten onto this bandwagon. I'm going to give you some names. Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, Kristen Gillibrand, Beto O'Rourke, Pete Buttick, Buttick, Julie L. Castro, Inslee, and Elizabeth Warren. Why am I singing out those guys? Because they are right now among the, they're not all, because that's a long-ass list of Democrat hope presidential hopefuls for 2020, and some of these people are just ridiculous, but, well, but people would have thought that about Donald Trump back in, you know, 2015, 16 time when, he was, when they were talking about him running. But these folks are basically, uh, I don't know why they're doing this, whether they're afraid of the younger people in their party who are coming out anti-Jew, uh, anti-Israel, purely anti-Semitic in their, their, in, their, in their tones. Are they afraid of them? Or do they really believe that they should be anti-Semitic, anti-Jew, anti-Israel? Well, they have all passed, all those names that I've given you have uh, apparently passed on attending the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee Conference. Now, uh, yesterday, uh, um, they, they had a session yesterday, and uh, Megan McCain was there, and she raised a little bit of hell about it. Now, she should. Because her father was a big supporter of Israel, and apparently he'd been there over 40 times supporting, as you know, demonstrating his support for Israel. But none of these presidential hopefuls from the Democratic Party are planning on attending. They've all passed on it. Why? Are they, I, I think what they're doing in this, uh, by demonstrating this uh, passing on going to this conference, is they're demonstrating that they are blatantly anti-Jew, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic. I don't know why they're, they've gone that way because our country has been such a supporter of Israel from the beginning. Israel is the most stable country in that entire Middle East. We support them. We have armed them. We have protected them to a degree. We protect them by just saying, hey, we support Israel. Now, if uh, any of these Democratic presidential hopefuls, even the jokiest of them, Beto O'Rourke or Elizabeth Warren would get in there, what would happen to Israel? If the countries in that area perceived that the United States would not support Israel anymore, would they, when they have in the past, would they consider it open season on Israel and Jews? Would they begin attacking? Because they have the capability of taking down LL aircraft. 
they had the ability to up the number of rockets and things they are sending into Israel. They have the ability to, well, possibly even nuke Israel. Would we stand by for another Holocaust? Would these, oh, let's say, oh, let's pick Kamala Harris, and she's the first one I've typed on the list. Would she stand by and let the nation of Israel disappear? Do they honestly believe that Israel is that big of a threat? I suppose, I suppose that's it, threat to the world, that they don't want to support them, to support the nation of Israel. Yeah, they, some have come out and said they're not big fans of uh, Netanyahu. You know, who cares? He doesn't care. Now, it might affect the nation of Israel if any of these guys were to um, uh, get into positions like the President of the United States. Now, the thing is that uh, it's it's not unusual. It's a bit. It's been a, a traditional stop for hopeful political wannabes, including President Obama, who attended both in 2008, 2012, Hillary Clinton, who attended in 2008, and Joe Biden, who attended in 2016. Now, now I will, I will say there are Democrats attending, but none of the names that have so far been thrown into the possible, possible presidential hopeful list. Now, the folks who will be attending, now the the uh, we've got Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. You've got uh, Mitch McConnell, Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, crying Chuck. You've got Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> She's a witch. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I just had to do that because she sort of reminds me of that when she gets up there and points those fingers out. And, you know, hate to pick on her because she's old because I'm not very young myself. I'm not her age. But uh, not just, you know, so there are there will be Democrats there. But the ones who should be are, are the ones who are hoping to get the votes for uh, President of the United States. Now, for some reason, the uh, well, from what I understand through polls, is that the majority of the, uh, the, the, the Jewish population in the United States is Democrat. I don't know why. If they would they continue, would they vote for these any of these folks on this list? You know. Would they vote for a Sanders, a Warren, Inslee, Castro, O'Rourke, Gillibrand, uh, Harris? If, knowing, knowing that they are not supporters of Israel, would they be willing to do that? Could they, in all honesty and uh, full self-awareness, that these folks have, some of these folks are actually come out to not not just not supporting Israel, but maybe wanting to uh, eliminate parts of Israel. They want to give it away to other folks. Israel's fought hard. Israel, the, uh, the, the population of Israel now, the number of, the number of Jews in, in, living in Israel who are Holocaust survivors is greatly diminished from what it was post-war, World War II. So, but there are still some there. But the, 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 the uh, legacy of the Holocaust survivors coming to Israel, gaining their freedom, forming this nation that was approved by the United Nations. It was just, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Today, they would not approve it. Today, they would want to shoot down Israel and make it a, uh, yeah, well, they wouldn't make it a country today. They would not make it an independent country today. They would rather see it disappear. 
Now, it's amazing that some of the folks who, aren't, who would uh, be voting against Israel are some of the biggest um, <laughs> human rights violators on earth today. But they would be more than willing to continue their human rights violations and, at the same time, not allow Israel to exist. I want everyone out there, I'm not Jewish, folks. You know, I'm a bingo-playing Catholic. And I don't like bingo. So, But I want everyone out there, if, you're, if you happen to be Jewish and you're listening to this, I would really love to hear why you would support Democrats who, they're members of the party that actually really said some nasty things about um, Israel and Jews, and it's as anti-Semitic. It's not all political because they tried to spin it. Oh, it's political. We're, uh, we're against uh, Netanyahu and some of the Israeli policies. No, 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 bullshit. It was out-and-out anti-Semitic. There was nothing. It was not so political as just anti-Semitic. But that that was their tap dancing. Of course, anyone's ever been in the Army, you have to learn how to tap dance because occasionally you're tap dancing up there and maybe your boss will buy it, but oftentimes they'll see that you're tap dancing. Well, I see these folks as tap dancing. They don't want to support Israel. They want uh, the Palestinians and other terrorist-linked organizations to overcome and take over and take parts of the, the territory that Israel has. Now, parts of the, 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 parts of the area uh, geographically that Israel controls is to work as a buffer zone, a slight buffer zone, in case there is an attack. They need a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of a uh, DMZ, if you wish, as a a word that's known by many between Vietnam and North Korea and South Korea, uh, to separate them from the folks who would destroy them. Even at that, they're not outside of rocket range and other mortars and things like that that are used by the terrorists over on the other side, over in Palestine, the Palestinian folks, who are constantly attacking both, uh, and sometimes physically, in that they show up, and because they're allowed in Israel, There's, they work in Israel. There, I believe there are uh, uh, Arab citizens of Israel, so they they move, do fairly move fairly free within Israel, and they have attacked physically with weapons of various sorts, from knives to guns to hand grenades. Now, apparently, apparently, some members of the the Congress, especially some of these new young ones, are okay with that. They don't have a problem with Israel disappearing, Israelis, Jews, being killed. Why? I don't understand why now they don't want to support these people. Well, I understand Oman. She came, I believe she's from Somalia, and she's her, her following in her home district is the largest, has the largest number of foreign recruits from the United States, anywhere in the United States. Now, we've got 50 states. I don't know how many square miles we have, okay? We know we've got 50 states, but square miles. Her district is the has provided the most number, uh, the largest number of American, if you wish, to American to provide for, from America to be foreign fighters for uh, al-Qaeda and all the iterations that have existed, okay? You got ISIS, al-Qaeda, you got everything, Okay. So, the people in her district will probably re-elect her because apparently they are supportive of what she believes. 
So she will have no trouble staying in the Congress. I don't believe anyway. We'll have to see that come. She's uh, She's got... Uh, she was 18, so she's 20. We'll see what happens in 2020. She'll be up there um, campaigning against the president while trying to campaign for herself. We'll see how this works. Uh, I do not believe she should be reelected. I don't believe anyone. That'd be like electing someone who's an avowed Klansman, which actually that had happened in the past, should not ever happen again. You thought those days were behind us, but apparently they are not. I, I predict she will be reelected, and I will. I predict that she'll be reelected basically on her stance that's anti-Jew and anti-Israel. Now, I and the other staff here at AxiomNewsNetwork.com will always welcome your comments. So please let us know what you're thinking. I want you to feel free to go to the AxiomNewsNetwork.com, where you can find my other podcast and this podcast, Southwest Ohio Swimming. You'll also find the John Prophet Show, and we've heard it both ways. Now, the John Prophet Show today is going to center a lot on the Mueller investigation, I understand. So that will be interesting to listen to. Uh, I touched on it very briefly, but he's going to expand on it. Now, I want you to go find us, listen to us, comment about us, friend us on Facebook, comment there also, share, do all those good things that you know people do. Now, I want to wish you a good day. I'm going to get myself a second cup of coffee. You have a chance to have a to say a nice word to someone today. I don't care who it is. Just say a nice word to someone today. Just do that and pass. Watch them smile. You might be surprised. Thank you for listening. Have a good day.